One of our actresses arrived, Patrick. Hi. Patrick. Yes. Hi, Patrick. Hi, Patrick. Me too. Elena. <laughs> hello. Yeah. Hello, hello. Cassidy Hi. eating a burrito back there. Yes. I'm done And this is our loft. Yes. Um, what did I miss? And this is our loft history. <laughs> um, not much. We rehearsed. We rehearsed uh, me and Cass's scene. Oh, okay. And we're going to switch over. So they're going right. to do, they're going to interview for a little bit, but. Okay. So Christmas plans? Uh, I have none. Go home. Yeah. Anyone? Anyone else? I'm. I'm. I similarly. Uh, I. I don't. I don't know what I'm. I'm gonna do. Um, I want to stay here. I think we're gonna do this very Christmas, Christmas play. This deeply Christmas <laughs> <laughs> psychosexual drama set vaguely around Christmas time. What a. What are your rehearsal hours like? We don't rehearse much. No, we don't. <laughs> Mia wants to kill me most, yeah. most of the time because we don't rehearse enough. <laughs> and, no. <laughs> what is it? Is it a matter of like uh, keeping it like spontaneous or just like time of availability or? Apparently, availability is scarce. Oh yeah. I mean, I definitely one thing. I mean, we're definitely on book. I mean, off book. Yeah. We're yeah. We're, we try to be word perfect, but. Mm -hmm. I do think it's about keeping some level of spontaneity. I mean, this might be a mm -hmm. good question to start with while we have the group. Yeah. What do you think, Helena? Yeah. <laughs> Adapt. Helena was in Dimes. A, a bunch of people. Everyone's been in at least one other play of mine. Yeah. There, so. Hell yeah. Dimes is cool. really because he says workshopping it. So I feel like that one got yeah. pretty intensely rehearsed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A little bit different. Same with order. This reminds me a little more of messages, but not as crazy, not I as fast. Messages we did in like a week. Um, it just kind of feels like it's not broken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As long as it, yeah, as long as like it's off, it feels smooth. I feel like at that point, it feels like, yeah, the spot and this, there's like a wabi sabi aspect of it where it's like kind of like the imperfections, like are, uh, keep it, it, keep it uh, shiny and sparkly and like spot, yeah, spontaneous. <laughs> There's like certain plays that feels more feasible for like for this play I feel like it can it can work you know like mm -hmm. spontaneity and us just kind of working off each other differently every night like for the child death song we did rehearse it pretty thoroughly and I think I would have felt pretty uncomfortable without that because the moments were just so like complicated and difficult to handle so I feel like it, it sort of depends on this the scenario but this one it's all just two handers in a cafe so yeah so the play is winter journey yes what is it about 
for those who don't know. Who thinks they can do a good summary? <laughs> Josh has read almost all my plays, right? I've read most of them. Maddie has read yeah, all of them. I've read all of them. Um, I want to reread a couple because the last time I read all of your plays, it was just like, um, I kind of like binged them back back yeah, to back on a plane right <laughs> um but um yeah i, I want to reread a couple um but i think this the this play i haven't revisited in a hot second um yeah, we read uh, yeah i rewrote big chunks of this one i think i, yeah. I might that's the draft yeah you you sent me um yeah a revised draft i think cool um so who can do a summary of this one? I mean, maybe it's like four different <laughs> stories. So yeah. Oh yeah, that that is right. Yeah. So the first one is uh, Cassie's character runs into her ex-boyfriend, and the oh, yeah, they're, they're also in the same cafe. Then mm -hmm. he leaves eventually, and then Mia's character play. Why don't you explain your? My character is desperately, passionately obsessed with Cassidy. Ooh. <laughs> um, it's sort of epically complicated i'm not sure she give away um i think i think you should give away that i mean people might be listening to the premise yeah the basic premise yeah but i was her therapist and we had a very mm. i was fucking my therapist we love oh, it. I love that. <laughs> Therapy uh, became part of the problem. <laughs> and then the third scene is between the, the boyfriend from the first scene and his dad a year later. So the guy that Cassie runs into in the first scene, he comes back with his dad. Mm -hmm. The fourth scene is between Helena's character and Patrick's character and their friends. And basically Helena's character is involved. She sat next to the guy the guy from the first scene at an airport and she mm -hmm. had a, she had a i don't want to give that give that part away but yeah yeah it um and it's kind of linked to the winter's tale and it it does have to mm -hmm. basically uh uh there's helena's character looks a lot like the dead sister of um gideon who's the the, the guy from the first scene Mm -hmm. So there's like a bit of play on statues coming back to life and things, but I don't want to give away. It and sounds so confusing. Yeah, it sounds so confusing. <laughs> yeah, now that yeah, I say yeah. it. <laughs> no, I mean, it makes it makes sense. I was like, the minute you uh, mentioned like the relationship with the therapist and like, I don't know, have you ever been in a situation where you're like in a, maybe if not therapy, you're like in a professional setting where it's like somebody or like a doctor or someone. And do you ever think like, you like me or i don't know does anybody else like have I had that it's so intimate it's I'm so just intimate. like a hot doctor i'm jealous yeah i mean i like sometimes i'll be like the question like, I don't, so like, anytime i've been to therapy and i'm just like pouring my heart out to somebody like you can't i don't i don't know like it's just funny i feel like it's um an immediate uh, my brain like immediate go goes immediately goes there because it's off the bed it's like oh i wonder like this i don't know because you're you're like alone in the room and like i don't know and you're yeah, sharing yeah. your your subconscious with people you know yeah. like that's so that's i mean so, maybe i i never like think that like in a sincere way or like oh i have a crush on my therapist but um it's just like a random like uh, like almost like word association thing 
that okay. like yeah, passes through your time. mind. <laughs> this is a good time to, so why don't uh, me and Cass, I'm gonna rehearse with, run through the Patrick and Helena scene. They're gonna do your, they could do a big chunk of their scene for you. What? You and me, I could go back to your, go back to the other room. You guys could do part of the scene and talk about that scene exclusively. Mm -hmm. Does okay. that work? And then I'll take a laptop back and then. Okay. That good? works. Yeah, great. So we're improvising a, a show here. Oh yeah, hell yeah. Yes, <laughs> I love this it. It's Christmas spectacular. <laughs> it is, it's spectacular. Ooh, I like the tree. Yeah, it is pretty. Thanks. And then we'll do this for you. You're coming into my room. It's a little messy. <laughs> oh my God. We're Ooh, going I'm into excited. Cassidy's Ooh. room. Oh, my room. Ooh, I like the lights. What yeah, what is the smell? Describe yeah, what the smell is the smell like us. in there? I want to know what it's oh, this smell. This is a big uh incense stick. Um, I forget what the scent is. Um, fuck. Mm. Uh frankincense. It's frankincense. Perfect. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Perfect. Oh my gosh, perfect. I have my frankincense uh aerosol perfume water right over here. Holiday cheer, right there. Yes. <laughs> and this is a plant, so I need to actually. Perfect. And go. do you guys like you guys rehearse in here, right? Like sometimes or whatever. not in this room? Okay, cool. <laughs> but this loft is yeah. Really mm -hmm. And I mean, kind of convenient that you live here as well. <laughs> oh, it's amazing! I work yeah. from home, baby. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it is nice. Oh. Um, where should we start? I don't know. Like. Mm. Mm. What about to keep it thematic? What are you doing for Christmas? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wait. Let me just make sure I remember this part. Okay. Tail. Yes. Okay. I might not I, remember. I take all the time you need. We're ready. Yes. We understand the process. Mm -hmm. Trust the process. Trust the process. Yes. Like midway through the scene, I think. Yeah. Um, ecosystem thing then it goes to this thing wow oh 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 what about are you sleeping with someone else okay we can go from there yeah yeah so i've just tried to deduce her and she's rebuffed my advances I would say yeah sweet are you sleeping with someone else does it matter you tell me no it doesn't matter no it doesn't matter I mean maybe the three of us could whoever they are I'm done with that kind of stuff too I feel like I'm gonna throw up. I'm just broke my throat. Are you serious? No. But you really do make me sick. Relax. You know, I keep having these dreams where we're both old women and I'm dying. You're at my bedside. 
Rebecca, it was super hot sex. I get it. I have a bomb ass pussy. But let it go. We're just narrativizing over what was basically just atoms crashing into atoms. You know, I think I get off on having this conversation in public. Same. Hmm. I'd like to see you smile. Care about you. No, you really don't. Oh, come on. We're good for each other. Admit it. We we balance each other out. No, absolutely not. No. Anxiety, hypochondria, trauma, and inferiority complex. That was you on day one. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. Something so precious about fragile people. I think you live in a very frightened way. So? I wake up every day literally wishing I had never met you. What are you doing for Christmas? What does it matter? I hope you're not going to see. No. I don't speak to him anymore which is a really big step for me. Even if he doesn't acknowledge why, even if my uncle doesn't acknowledge why, my parents don't, my grandparents I don't. I need them. to stand up to you. Is that a good chunk? Keep going. I love that. That was amazing. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, it was really good. <laughs> um so in this scene um both of you you're in a cafe um yeah what is why what is it about cafes that are like so like sexually loaded like (laughs) or I guess like coffee shops in general like (laughs) I always feel like depending on like the franchise (laughs) I suppose I I know what it is I have this theory about hot drinks Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> I really do think so sensual about them. And yeah. I actually think the like rise in popularity of even in the winter, always like a lot of people will always get iced coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I do that. <laughs> and hand in hand with like a decentralization. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Brilliant. Mm. Kind mm-hmm. of far-fetched and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. It's something like, like all those busy millennials like with their iced coffee. Yeah, being robots. Yes, that's that is so true. I have a Starbucks next to my work that I go to. I'm like, I am the kind of person I consistently get uh, iced coffees when it's like negative 20 degrees out. I don't know why Sorry. I, can't, I tell you, but I don't know. <laughs> Insane. It's, it's, um, it's psychotic. <laughs> this scene is very interesting to me because it feels like they, Rebecca and Piper, are kind of playing a game with each other a little bit or like trying oh, to like... Yeah get one is trying to get on top of the other because it, it's like mm-hmm. in Both the beginning of, and yeah yeah <laughs> because like at the in the beginning of their relationship piper was confiding in rebecca the most and Re- piper felt very like uh kind of under rebecca's whims and all that that, that type of and power and but now it's like rebecca is coming back to her wanting piper and so like how what is that like in the rehearsal room trying to figure out like where that is in the script and like you know what is that like as an actor to play 
with like the game of of trying to one up each other with emotional intimacy very frustrating for my character because the expectation is that she's going to be like submissive right away mm-hmm. and it's really like, jarring and confusing that she's not mm-hmm. well piper is a sub she has learned a lot about life um mm-hmm. <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I think that um something i've been playing with actually a lot is um in rehearsals is contradicting myself yeah mm. but- I'm going to shut the door because they're rehearsing now, but um, I've been playing a lot in rehearsals with like contradicting myself. Um, For example, you know, if she's like coming on to me and my Mm -hmm. line is verbally on paper, like resisting it or rejecting it, Mm -hmm. I find that it can be interesting to say the that line in a very flirtatious way or like touch her when I say no like mm. that's mm. been really fun to play with um for my character yeah mm-hmm. and it's very confusing for my character because I have all this time of feeling you know this great power over her so I never quite believe her that she's really able to stand up to me even when she's doing these teasing kind of things there's something like very condescending about how I view her but then she, her continued resistance becomes extremely frustrating mm-hmm. because yeah because also, sorry sorry go ahead it's also not clear cut resistance which yeah. I think makes it more frustrating mm-hmm. and Rebecca is a therapist right yeah mm-hmm. and so you know that is a whole other added layer I think of like you know, kind of like a narcissism. I almost, I think, I feel like therapists kind of tend to be very narcissistic because they believe that they can fix everybody's problems in a yeah. way. And mm-hmm. a person that like became a therapist because they had their own God complex. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know what it is. It's like therapy. The last time I went to therapy was like the very last time forever because I asked the lady a question and about like eating and I was like oh I'm so busy I need to eat and then she like literally said to me like well did you look it up did you look any recipes up on the internet and I was like okay like it's I just very it. strange like the cool I'm like the quality of these like therapists <laughs> <laughs> well, um so confusing about therapy is like figuring out if you have a good therapist yes through your like resistance that's supposed to be part of the process and you're yeah. exactly create this like hysteric loop which is kind of the point but yes um, you literally have to date therapists to find good therapists like yeah yeah <laughs> like you literally have to go on like therapist dates and like suss out the best one I guess see this is also a fun little character for me to play um a therapist patient because mm-hmm. I am not um, <laughs> a therapy girl. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's really interesting to be doing this one. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like if you saw like your, uh, I don't know, but you don't really see like a doctor like once a week or something. It's a, it's a weird, uh, it's a weird, like strange relationship. <laughs> are you a sex uh, worker like is your character a sex worker yeah 
I'm paying you and I'm fucking you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it know. is yeah it is a very I mean it is a transactional relationship but like there's like a some level of like emotional exchange like even on a therapist side like they are they do their yeah. therapists do become attached to their patients like on an emotional level um strange I mean I think and- a lot of it like the it almost isn't supposed to work at least in something like psychoanalysis if there isn't like a really strong transference that then gets broken like the a big part of the dynamic is analyzing the emotions that the patient has towards the therapist yeah Hmm. wow and um i'm very curious i i can't recall i think it it might be um mia's character in the last act or scene uh you have that moment with the father and I don't want to give too much away. Helena, that's Helena's character. She's oh here. Helena's character. Yeah, Sorry. Oh my god. Now, so um, you'll you'll be able to get to that. <laughs> well, I guess I guess I wanna I guess I wanna maybe ask you this question, um, just as cast members in the play. Um, do you guys? I mean, to me, when I read it, it felt like um, a, a reincarnation, and I was curious if you all kind of believe in reincarnation. Want to go first? Uh, <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Not really. I don't think so. Not really. And I also think that because I've seen this, this is actually the first play of Matt's that I ever saw. And I tweeted mm-hmm. about it. Like, and it actually brought like a lot of random people together that we still know and hang out with. Wow. Like a group of us formed mm-hmm. through this play. So doing this is kind of really funny for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember when I saw it, mm-hmm. um, it didn't necessarily feel mystical in that, in it, it, it felt uncanny. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rather than mystical, mm-hmm. it felt like this, um, or even to go beyond that, it could almost feel like people reaching for something, reaching for meaning where maybe there even isn't. We don't see the sister as the audience mm-hmm. and know, despite the brother and the father claiming they looked alike, we don't actually know if they even really do. Yeah. And I think that's um, an interesting way to look at it even um, because Yeah, no, I definitely didn't um, feel like it was a mystical thing. I remember even when you guys read, not to give away too much of what's to come, but when you guys read the mountain that echoes back, there was a discussion about like, is this a dream? Is she even there? Just to be vague about it. Mm -hmm. But um, there was conversation about like, it's almost more interesting if she actually is there, if it's based in reality in that way Mm -hmm. um and like even you were talking about in winter's tale like the reincarnation like to use a therapy term it's kind of like a form of wish fulfillment maybe more than yeah magical thinking Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) it's something that all the characters need to be true but i don't know if that's really the point that it is but i guess the play itself is a reincarnation of previous version yeah 
Maybe yeah. I don't believe in reincarnation. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> not like a in a literal way. Yeah, like, but more in the sense that everything yeah. is a reincarnation of something. <laughs> yeah, everything like re well, reincarnation, like everything like uh reinforces itself into something different. Yeah. Or similar. Wow. How, how long does it take you guys to get off book on average? I'm pretty fast. I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I don't know. Learning lines has never been a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I feel that too. But today I was not very good because don't tell Matt. No, he's going to listen to this. Shit. <laughs> I can cut it out. I didn't listen. No, you can keep it. <laughs> I okay. don't care. I'll probably tell him later. I hadn't looked at this since the last time we rehearsed it you know what's crazy like a week uh or whenever you have like a schedule for something you realize how fast a week goes and you're like what the fuck like it's already been seven days like, it's already christmas time i know like, where did the year go? go it was like oh it was tuesday it was almost week. almost week whoops <laughs> yeah. um oh yeah i don't know it's like for me, when I did Ardor and Dime Square, which were the first two I did, which like Helena said, Dime Square was workshopped. So it was a little more rehearsed in that sense where we had like a lot of table reads where the script shifted like quite a few times. And it almost got to a point for me where like by the time we were done with table reads, I just felt like I had, it almost felt like a, like, ugh, not to sound like, annoying yeah. but like, like a fam like a family like there was already like a a chain and it was going and yeah like I didn't even really need to actively get off book when we did that mm -hmm. yeah yeah and because of the in like the informality of it sort of just like reinforces like <laughs> in making it very like so natural or it's like you just get in like a rhythm and a almost like a speaking speech pattern that you establish with everybody and like um the more like you have that comfort I think it does make it really easy to just like enmesh the <laughs> the lines and um yeah it just like makes everything really uh seamless and uh easy yeah I when love you guys oh sorry um I was gonna <laughs> ask when you guys look back on 2022 I mean how do you how do you how do you feel about it? What, what comes up for you? What did, did things surprise you about this year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot can happen. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I mean, I feel like, I don't know. You can go first. For me, there, it was definitely um, a year with a lot of surprises, um, but I'll just talk about ones that relate directly to this situation. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was interesting me I'm meeting Matthew and Cassidy for the first time. I remember I was like um, also in school doing something else after the pandemic, not acting a lot. And then I, I got like a text message from a friend I hadn't talked to in like three years his name was also Josh he was like do you want to audition for something in like two hours oh mm. my gosh I and I didn't know anything about uh anything so I was like I guess I haven't acted in a while um 
and then I that was the first time I acted with Cassidy we did yeah. a scene from the guitar oh another Christmas play yeah <laughs> uh, surprising like also yeah. this whole like theater scene emerged out of the ether that was very exciting and cool that's nice and where did you go to school I went to um, UNCSA, North Carolina School of the Arts. Oh my God. With Betsy Brown. Uh, I love that school. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I have a question. This is super random. Do you know um, a guy named Adam Valentine? (laughs) This is so random. I don't. Didn't you? Okay. UNCSA. No, he's, I think he's a, anyway, <laughs> I, I, this is a person I went to high school with who's an actor. Anyways, um, wow, that's, and so you were at UNCSA and then how long were, how long have you been in New York? It's been a minute. I graduated, well, in 2013, so. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's been a while. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, nice. like, you know, things were just very, slow and depressing for a while yeah COVID. so this has been like kind of unexpected revival of the theater scene was not mm-hmm. anticipated at all but has been like an amazing surprise I feel like it's been a gift for us as well yeah we feel yeah we feel very like lucky we feel- that, we, <laughs> that we've like that we felt like we were you know brought into the scene a little bit and you know, there's so much love and joy for just like the art of doing something mm-hmm. um, bigger than yourself. Um, but Cassidy, what about you? What? Um, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this year has been wild. Like, I don't know. I feel like within the past year and a half, especially like when I kind of started doing all this stuff and then especially within the past year when we've been doing a lot at um Beckett's space in the West mm-hmm. Village. Um the one with the chairs on the ceiling and mm-hmm. four three yes. two. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has definitely been a wild ride because then what kind of happened too is and I guess Dime Square started to do this even having a lot of um non-actors, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. in it um you know we had this little like community that was forming um Beckett would also put on like other events magazine launch parties readings and you know people like who would normally just go to see a play would go to the space and then also go to a reading or also go to a comedy show it's going well it kind of just like uh, created uh, a chain, a circle of mm-hmm. like a, a little thing that was just spreading the love, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like actually having access to a space is so, you know, that is really yours. It's so rare now. And you, oh my gosh, it's insane. Like, that's what they don't tell you in college when you have access to such great spaces I know. And you get out to the world and you're like where is the There's, space yeah and then you're like uh, I guess it's my room yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's how like I uh I'm like constantly like looking at spaces and stuff and like researching like small <laughs> spaces or, like anything and it's like so insane like the barriers the barriers of entry um yeah it's weird it's so crazy I'm like 
does anybody want to take my money? I guess not. Like, <laughs> it's weird. It comes with all these caveats and, like, you know, weird, like capacity limitations and uh, our, I don't know. It's very weird. That's why I made it my business to get this loft. Yeah, seriously. You really <laughs> struck gold, Cassidy. You really did. Did I tell you guys how we got it? I believe, I think so. Yeah, I think so. It was just so tell it again. Tell it again. Long story short, the broker, I don't know, it was some guy like comes up to me after Times Square and was like, that was really great. I really love that. And he was like, I came because my friend sent me the link because I show lofts for a living. And I actually realized I show the lofts in that building and I had an appointment before this to show the empty unit downstairs and I said whoa 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 pause empty unit downstairs yeah say that again <laughs> yeah so long story you didn't know that no. yeah so long story short like literally the next day he showed me and I just was like okay we got five bedrooms who am I gonna <laughs> yeah. like right what yeah. we do yeah yeah having a home base sounded really attractive yeah I mean, de definitely it uh, makes a huge difference that you don't have to like walk <laughs> super far. Oh, I love it. Yeah, the long the long commute to the <laughs> to the like living to room. The office. Yeah, that mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> is nice. Hearing people like practicing their musical theater audition in the next room. Not that there's oh anything my gosh, with that, yeah. Nice not to be at like one of these kind of studio for rent hourly spaces. Mm -hmm. yeah the any kind of um like we work situation but for artists it's like a very strange environment that like feels so anxiety inducing because like there's a time limit on everything um like there all there are all these like soundproof like <laughs> walls and um like there's carpeting I don't know it's like, very Carol. very strange it's very sterile and it feels like you're in a cafeteria when you go into those places. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's good. So do you guys need a lot like do you guys need a lot of quiet to like to do your work? Do you feel like like as individually as actors, do you feel like you need quiet time alone? Hmm. I need definitely like concentrated time either alone or I, I do like working with like one other person very closely you know um on the part um but yeah I think solitude is very important hmm. Hmm. um I don't know I feel like it varies too it also heavily depends on the scene mm -hmm like for example um the scene we just were rehearsing is kind of intense yeah. but also I have to remember you know if we were in a cafe right conversation all around us so kind of getting into that with clutter of noise um wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing um but I've also you know in place had scenes where like someone is dying and I'm like saying goodbye like that's kind of something where I'm gonna wanna have like a lot of quiet to prepare and rehearse for that 
And then the opposite end of that is like Times Square, where it's basically a party. Mm-hmm. Right. I do feel that because we're this is sort of, I won't say under-rehearsed, but since we're not rehearsing it that much, I feel like staying loose and kind of playful and not being mm-hmm. yeah. about it is going to be important, you know, yeah. to, because it is going to be sort of just like more of a, I don't yeah. know, like Meisner style, just really there. Yeah, it seems like anytime I've been in like a black box situation where it's like, it's so quiet and then you do it over and over again, it's like, wow, I, I feel like I locked it in this soundproof environment and then it kind of doesn't like grow its own legs after that. Right, right. And you're sort of not able to be present in the same way. Yeah. And it's like also good like practice for like your focus level and like not getting distracted by anything around you. And yeah, it's like, yeah, it is like if you really were in a cafe as well. Um, Yeah. Do you guys even like The Winter's Tale? Because it's probably one of my least favorite the Shakespeare, yeah. Shakespeare I love that plays. Monologue. I always wanted to do that, like Sir Spare Your Threats. Yeah. <laughs> that is great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I like that first half. I think it's, I, I don't know, interesting with Laertes' madness and that part of it, I, I find mm-hmm. interesting. I enjoy mm-hmm. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I really don't. I guess I do like the part with Exit Pursued by a Bear. Because when I saw it at when I saw it at um the Globe Theater, they had like the bear as the entire like as a like scaffolding. And the bear like literally like fell down onto the stage. I love that. That's fun. I know that was that was magical. That like hit me in my nerves but like I don't know it's just a it's a it was it was a hard play for me to like get into I mean maybe I need mm-hmm. to revisit it now that I've experienced you know lived a little longer but mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now that you're a little more sentimental I am sentimental my vibe this Christmas has been to be very like sentimental I'm very I like you do. I'm yeah I'm much more emotional Mm -hmm. and I think you know but I'm also in grief so you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) you need to go to a movie theater and watch it's a wonderful life I know I'm seeing that I think I'm gonna see that this uh like in the actual like a theater theater I always think about your Substack piece about that oh yeah I saw beautiful I sobbed I just sobbed in the theater Matt was like are you okay and I was like (laughs) and then it was so weird hearing people around leaving the theater be like that was stupid and I was just like crying and like wiping my tears off trying to not look like an idiot Mm -hmm. Um, yeah so if you're trying to get sentimental this Christmas. Okay, yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. Because you ultimately walk away from that film feeling very life-affirmed. Yeah, life-affirmed <laughs> in feeling not life-affirmed or maybe, <laughs> maybe the opposite. I don't know. Dialectics, baby. Yeah. Mm. I um we, Josh and I were saying like we, we're like looking at all these plays we want to read and like I don't know there's so many plays I just consider um like 
uh, holiday plays, uh, but they don't have anything. Well, Minotaur, definitely, I consider like a Christmas play. <laughs> like that is a Christmas um, play for sure. Um, but then we were also, like, we recently read The Crucible and I'm like, oh, this is a Thanksgiving play. Like this, yeah. is, this is Pilgrims, like this is, I don't know. Something about Christmas, like the pageantry, um, the ritual aspect, I'm like, it's it's playtime (laughs) (laughs) what was that play like the best christmas pageant ever oh that's a good that's yeah i've seen that play before that's a good one i have no idea what you're talking about oh it's a really (laughs) really good one um but maybe we'll do an episode over it someday yeah we definitely oh that's such a good play um but anyways (laughs) um how long are your guys's like rehearsals usually um well today Matt was like 30 <laughs> minutes late and then we're in the middle of the scene and I'm trying to call line and <laughs> this is like probably not even 20 minutes in I'm trying to call line he goes you guys want to hop on evil thespian in 15 minutes <laughs> and I said um I would like to know my next line please yeah. <laughs> uh, um and now we're here yes we're very uh, thankful that you are here. Yes. <laughs> like if we could get a good 40 in, I'll be like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, you gotta you gotta catch it when you can. <laughs> yeah. Well, and isn't Matt like notorious for rehearsing a lot? What? <laughs> I thought he was. Who said that? That's I thought he said that. Me? <laughs> oh. Um, I actually feel like rehearsing sometimes doesn't happen at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes okay. it feels like we'll do this, like, not even table read. It's like living. Like, oh, here's a tableau. <laughs> live, like, it's almost like a salon read. Like, living yeah. Re- over wine by the time we finish the script we're all tipsy. maybe that's what i'm thinking of uh-huh <laughs> yeah like there will be some like a few plays where like we just do that mm-hmm. um, and then have like the a few days um and then uh with a couple rehearsals from that point to putting it up yeah this mm-hmm. one is one of the fast ones yeah yeah we did child death song we had the scripts for like quite a few months um it was intermittent like we would not meet for a month but like i felt like it was a long rehearsal process in terms of just sitting with the character and the story over time mm-hmm. but like the actual amount of time we were in the room could still be pretty limited i guess just with people's schedules and well, um, I remember when I first read Child Death Song and I was like, wow, this is something like I was really like, I could never even imagine like s- sitting with it and like seeing it actually in real life. Like it really was like so like how what was it like to do that play? Because I read it and I was like, oh, my God, like, I don't know if I could ever do this. Like, it's really heavy yeah it's 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 pretty heavy it's pretty dark um I think that like it was it was a hard play in terms of like figuring out how to handle a lot of the things because the writing it has a lot of 
not just the emotional like pain and mm-hmm. trauma, but the sort of complications of the characters that are really interesting in that play. I think how they're especially how my character is written and what she's really thinking and feeling and what she really wants is shifting in in these sort of strange ways. And she's saying a lot of things that or you're not even sure what's true and what she believes is true. So for me, it was really, took a while to figure out how I wanted to handle those moments and not have everything be either so intense or not really honoring the gravity of the situation. So yeah, it was, it was kind of a strange thing to figure out how to craft those things. And I felt like it did require more like a, a more crafted performance in a way than I think this one feels mm-hmm. like I feel more like I can be spontaneous with mm-hmm. it. Yeah, there's like such a delicacy. It's a child death song that I was like, oh my God, this is like so dark. Um, but it is, it's very, it's a really good play. But I was like, oof, my well, God. And it also, I mean, it, the the running, the theme of, 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 loss of child is kind of present in this play as well. I don't know if that's giving away too much, but I mean, that, 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 that is a very like major psych, like that does something to the psyche that, um, I don't know. I mean, and maybe we'll, we'll probably ask Matt about this later, but I mean, do you guys, was that part of the conversation when you guys were rehearsing this play? Like, like what the loss of a child does to a person and especially with child death song. I mean, what was that like? I, mean, I definitely did do research for that. Um, wow. You know, just reading some testimonials and people talking about it. And I mean, it just person after person says kind of maybe what you would expect that it's the worst thing that can ever happen to you. Unspeakable loss, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like I could really access that without experiencing it. So that's why I did feel like it required a certain amount of craft to like honor that without without knowing that there's only so much. So I can only touch it so closely. You know, it's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what's so beautiful about like the holidays. I guess is that like, you know, it's it's a joyful time, but like. You know, it also brings up like these really like you know sad memories, I guess. And I don't know. I'm <laughs> I don't know. This is my sentimental. It's a sentimental it's, time. <laughs> sentimental moment coming up. Holidays get sentimental okay, because I'm bring you guys over to the rehearsal in progress. They're so a just... time marker. All right, everybody, wipe away your tears. <laughs> <Time marker. laughs> yes. No, that's so true. That is so true. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Is that you, Internet? Oh, I love you too, but I can't talk right now. Why are you afraid to look within yourself? It's, it's not that I'm afraid. It's just that there's so much great content out there. Never mind. Also, consider that Mercury is still in retrograde. You were supposed to be helping me through this. I'm helping you by refusing to indulge you. I am not a spoiled child. No, but I am, and I want attention. Yeah, right. Sorry. 
regardless of who you think you are, a reincarnation of so-and-so and such and such, you, you still have to live the life of Louise, just as Louise would have lived it. So Harry, that's not the point. Then I fail to see the point. I am not delusional. Even if you were, it'd be okay. I'm just going through something right now. You're mourning who you used to be. I feel like my soul has been on a long journey back to life. Whose soul? Mine. And who are you? An eggshell. That's cute. I feel sick in my stomach. Oh, baby, I'll order you ginger ale. Fine. No, I'm fine. You know, this is what happens when we get off topic from the cute boys we're diddling. We can talk about them, too. <laughs> no, it's not fair to them. They deserve our full attention. I know. I'm sorry. Do you want a hug? No. I don't want to be touched. Okay. The sunlight streaming in, it's almost like spring. I should let you be by yourself. Wow, that is so cruel. No. No, it, it's honest. How so? <laughs> I just can't pretend to take this seriously anymore, whatever this is. I'm sorry. Okay. I have, I have places to be anyway. I was really looking forward to catching up today. Me too, but... What? Darling, our friendship's not quite what it used to be. No, it's not. I still love you, though. Don't get me wrong. Let's meet up when I'm not feeling so emotionally. Okay, sweetie. Text me. We'll chat. Um, is this place cash only? No. Okay, good. I'm gonna go pay for my coffee. Goodbye, darling. Text me. Let me know you're okay. Okay, I will. The end. Yay! Wow. I um. That was so good. I like that. Uh, well, we just watched uh, Cassidy and Mia's scene in the cafe, and this scene ends with um the word uh well coffee, I guess. And I love the. The coffee thing. We were, I was just uh, saying to um, Cass, why why is coffee so sexually loaded sometimes, <laughs> or like coffee shops? <laughs> she has an ability to make certain things feel. <laughs> yes, I guess um, that was excellent. How long have you have? How long have you guys been rehearsing this? I guess well, not at all. Not I mean, at all. Did this yeah, scene last night? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah.
We're still finding a lot in it. Yeah. yeah. We're still on book a little bit. Mm-hmm. When, okay. um, when you're rehearsing, um, do you ever, like, I'm a huge talker, um, hence the podcast, uh, but uh, do you ever, like, find yourselves, like, um, you know, talking about the, do, do the rehearsal, like, do the lines, and then um, talk about it, and then, like, do you ever find yourselves, like, going on a tangent, and then, like, talk, you could talk about it forever? <laughs> you missed several tangents. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Matt was describing Plato's cave to us. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yes. Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh my god. I think this has been brought up. I was talking to somebody about Plato's cave uh recently, but that's yeah, crazy. We studied that in uh, freshman year of high school. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> we miss I miss yeah, that. This scene sort of <laughs> alludes to it that when she talks about the sunlight coming in and Patrick's character is very distracted. And uh, mm-hmm. Helena's characters had like a near-death experience so she's glimpsed or she thinks she's glimpsed mm-hmm. something of reality and I asked them I remember asking them yesterday like so what what grade did you guys like read this and they're like yeah about this cave no I I think um I've never uh yeah in high school I don't think like Plato was like never touched on for me at least um my dad like would always tell me about like stuff like that but um yeah I think I think we learned about Plato's cave when we were learning about the Odyssey freshman mm-hmm. year of high school okay I see that I think or maybe that was during when we were learning about Fahrenheit 451 yeah I think it's mostly taught I mean I tutor it sometimes I have freshmen in college who like who have it's still pretty basic for like a seminar like a first mm-hmm. yeah um the point is they know nothing yeah right. i studied math so i think <laughs> you studied math, math in you studied math in college or i studied math in college yeah wow so, like, wow or his cave there yeah where did you get your bfa from i'm so i've um got one, one semester left oh <gasps> wow <laughs> You're in the final oh home stretch. You can do it. You can do yeah, it. God bless. <laughs> yeah. Where Where do you go? I'm at Pace University in a um, hell yeah focused acting program. Hell yeah! I I love the Pace. Uh, gra- um, like anybody who comes out of Pace, like so cool. Um, a lot of ha- more people. I mean, they were also like actor studio people. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. We cool. love that. Nice. Um, um, I asked Cassidy and Mia this earlier, but when I read uh, Winter's Winter Journey, I kind of got the impression that, and I don't want to give too much away, but like I kind of got got the impression that there was like a reincarnation that happened at the end. Hmm. Yeah. So what do you think about that? And then, and then also, do you guys personally believe in reincarnation? So I'll I'll probably just a little context. So Helena's Helena's plot line, her character has a like not on stage, but in her background, she like had a a heart a random heart attack, which I wrote before uh, the kind of theories around either COVID, the vaccine, like mm-hmm. the, just funny, mm. totally neutral on the providing no opinion on this, but just like the the, the trending documentaries drop dead suddenly. Yeah. They, <laughs> fell, they fell off 
Yeah, but I wrote this play before all that, so I, I'm kind of wondering if there's going to be someone in the audience who's like, is this a critique of the MRA yeah. scene? <laughs> like a young woman dropping dead suddenly. The heart attack. Yeah, the heart attack. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I totally um, thought it was. It's accidentally like discourse, but it's not. Uh, so yeah. her has a, the idea she has a heart attack sitting next to Christian, the scene that you, someone you, um, who isn't here tonight, but one of the other characters, they're sitting together in an airport and she like just, keels over or whatever mm -hmm. and um so then oh god yeah this plays hard to summarize but basically she looks like one of the characters sisters who died like the other the mm -hmm. father and son play she helena's character look is supposed to look exactly like their dead the dead mm -hmm. family member so they run into each other in the cafe and the father character says you look like my daughter who died Mm -hmm. um and so she it's like she i don't want to speak about how helena feels about the character but the basic premise which is incredibly hard to say without it sounding totally mm -hmm. crazy, is that she she feels as if when she hears that she feels as if the soul of the dead daughter mm -hmm. that this came into her body at that that like solves a mystery for her why she feels so different mm. wow so, so it's in the play it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yes. It's not as it doesn't it doesn't come off I think as crazy as that summary sounds. But yeah, I think the idea that we're talking about in rehearsal is like who believes what and to what degree is that belief sunk in and is she really and and do is is she going to act it as if she has a different soul inside of her? In other words, mm -hmm. is she playing it like the reincarnated version of the dead girl or is she playing it like someone who's um just sort of has this fantasy about reincarnation. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, Helena could speak more to that. And so could Patrick, because Patrick's character is totally skeptical mm -hmm. and just thinks it's all ridiculous, mm -hmm. or at least that's mm -hmm. what he says. Yeah. Um, but personally, I do believe in reincarnation. That's cool. Yeah. I want to, but I don't think it's I'm a sure. yeah, it's a fun idea. Like I like <laughs> I like to entertain the idea of re reincarnation. I definitely don't believe it in quite as literal of a sense as it's written or suggested here as Louise does. Um, but I think it makes a certain degree of sense. Like everything else is cyclical. I don't know where else yes. yeah. it would go. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Doesn't really make sense to me that it would just kind of poof. So yeah. But yeah it's got to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the scene that they're working on is is sort of based on platonic dialogues because they're, it's the allegory of the cave, but then there's a whole lot of other stuff in Plato about the soul after death and and like reincarnation. A little mm -hmm. obviously not the same as Buddhist reincarnation, but mm -hmm. um, for for Plato, it's like it seems like it's um, ethical and it's about your like your ability to choose the next life is it, unlike Buddhism, where like your level of wisdom before you die is what matters for the next life. In Plato, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. your philosophical like capacity to choose the good life in the app it matters yeah mm -hmm. so I think that's uh we're still waiting for a dramaturgy packet from our dramaturg yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out to the dramaturgs yes. yeah. <laughs> i love that because louise does like one of the lines is there's not supposed to be a soul after death and i think there's mm -hmm. a lot of survivor's guilt there and a feeling mm. of replacement so when this stranger comes and offers this kind of way out to her um there's you know you can feel a lot better about being the one 
of two who survived if you actually you're giving that soul a new life and that way like that's a purpose on top of everything else mm-hmm. wow and i um i was just reading um about plato recently um and like what like his ethics uh as they relate to like theater and like plays and whatnot um about how like kind of to him is like you know your ethics like your morals and like what you choose philosophically um what you think is like a good path pathway um is like something that should be like reflected on and like behold and uh like viewed for people to like parse through and like like take in and stuff and um I don't know I've just like been meditating on that a lot a lot lately um but yeah but I think um the you know element about like reincarnation is like really interesting because I um I, I always want to entertain it, but like, I don't know. I, I, I think whenever I think about reincarnation, it's like, uh, I, I don't know. I like, I just, should it, am I going to like be something like better or am I going to go somewhere? Like, am I going to go into somebody else or am I going to go, am I going to be a rock? You know, I like, that's how I think of reincarnation. One of the, one of the ironies of the scene as well is that Patrick's character is totally skeptical of reincarnation, but into astrology. Yeah. And And so, and that's intentional in the sense that like the, I don't, I wouldn't say it's the closing of the zoomer mind, but it's like the arbitrariness of certain yeah very deeply held beliefs about the nature of reality yeah Uh, like mm -hmm. the cosmology like people's relationship with cosmology is like so uh very random and like cherry-picked and um there's not like this weird like deep under like it's not this like very deep multi-layered understanding of cosmology it's just like a more like conversational (laughs) um elements in people's lives (laughs) sometimes yeah all i know is what i get from co-star so that's definitely yeah i love man the co-star sometimes really does come in handy (laughs) the user experience of like co-star like i don't know it just it looks good i want to believe it (laughs) with a little compatibility test everyone's yes (laughs) especially when you're like trying to find a new boyfriend yes it does come in background check on there really quick (laughs) I think yeah. you know, Time Passages is a better app, actually. Oh, oh okay. okay. I'm writing that okay. down. We'll check yeah, it out. We'll check it out. Passages. It'll give you like your full chart and it'll tell you like each placement in each house and how this affects you. But that's it. It's funny you mentioned boyfriends too, because I think in the same <laughs> character's whole thing is like, we should just be talking about the boys we're trying right. to date. He wants to keep it superficial. Louise wants to mm. pass the surface and, you know, think of a new way of looking at things are um are any of you guys like superstitious like in your waking life um I'm like I'm very superstitious in the sense that like oh, I'm gonna jinx myself or and I'm not gonna meet the right person at the right time or something bad is gonna happen if I don't or, walk yeah, you know <laughs> overriding sense of things are gonna go badly I don't, yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know if I think it's because I'm jinxing it I think I just assume that's yeah things i think that's a healthy way to be 
it better be because otherwise. <laughs> well, my, well, I think sometimes like superstition or or maybe even like uh, the like a preoccupation with the sense that you have some sort of like control over outcome or certain outcomes in your life. Um, when that's I, obviously like we know that's not really how it goes, no matter like. How, how like uh, you know good you are, what what path you choose, or um, how like generous you are. I think for me, like superstition, you know, that is like a sort of like I just kind of see it like sort of like a control element a little bit. Because um, I I'll be like, oh, if I uh, cut this person off in traffic, like. Or if I choose not to cut this person off in traffic, then maybe I'll get a raise at my job or something. Um, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that's kind of like, in a way, like karma, uh, you know? Yeah, yeah, it is. If you cut this person off, you know, you're kind of, <laughs> you're earning bad karma. So I guess right, yeah. Get that raise. But maybe if you didn't, maybe you'd earn more good karma, which maybe yeah. pay off in the raise, but you might get, you know, you might get more later on because of yeah that. well uh, and I sometimes oh. if I think about karma too much I'm like oh am I just giving myself rewards for <laughs> am I just giving my is karma really something that like I use to give myself brownie points and like <laughs> yeah the good things you did yeah. yes yeah it's like very <laughs> solipsistic yeah, I think that's uh I don't know if we're t- just to connect the, the thoughts I think yeah. that the four, the four scenes in this play are, I think, all about people struggling with different notions of like what causes, what we're responsible for. Mm-hmm. And um, it does make sense that actors would be, obs- both plays would be about, like, I guess all plays are kind of about fate or like, mm-hmm. mm, yes. Yeah. Like, are you, I th- I, that's just so, in my plays, yeah. about it without it. There's like no kingdoms have been overthrown or like, you know, but no one really dies. But mm-hmm. there's the characters, I think, especially in this play, they're all, they're little, because they're interrelated stories, I think one of the things that binds them together is that all these characters bump into each other in some way and affect each other, although they don't even fully know that. Um, the audience knows that. But you can see, so I think one of, one of the underlying, like, ironies of the play is the characters are all, all consumed with, they're consumed with the, like what the questions about their, what they're responsible for, but you can also see how little bits of randomness are, are redirecting them mm-hmm. time and space. Um, yeah. And that's what a play does, like fundamentally is it, it presents as people who think they have choice <laughs> while also presenting the, ironically presenting all the, the ways in which they don't really have as many choices as they think they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like the, um what they associate their choice um, with, like what outcome do they associate their choice with, you know? And then in, in like, uh, not Helena, in the scene with Mia and Cassie, like the, mm-hmm. it's a play, that's a scene about psych, like psychoanalysis and, mm-hmm. and it's like liberation and sex. Like the, the big question in that scene is like, can we actually achieve freedom through either sex or psychoanalysis or is it just mm-hmm. a form of, in, is it just a creative interpretation that allows us to feel good about the ways in which we're trapped or like yeah. feel I'm aware of the ways in which we're repeating behaviors that we're um, curing ourselves of mm-hmm. 
And, and like, I think Cassie's character is holding out for some kind of higher understanding that allows her to be free. Whereas Mia's mm -hmm. character is saying like, the best we can have is like passion and intel like in intelligence about our depraved passions. <laughs> yeah. And what did they say? Uh, they said in that scene where like they, uh, when, when people like hyper intellectualize uh, their like exchange of emotions. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. something something about that, or like yeah, or like rationalize their relationships and intellectualize them. Uh, there's no truth in psychology. What matters is how creative we get in our self perceptions and perceptions of others. May the strongest. Yeah, yeah, the strongest. Yeah, the strongest interpreter. <laughs> Well, yeah. that's what we were saying with Cassidy and Mia is that it feels like they're playing a game with each other to like win out on top. Yeah, mm -hmm. I just, there's a connection here. So in, in that sense, we're doing, we're talking about those two scenes tonight. Mia's therapist character says, I think you'll find it liberating to discard the idea that there's a stable self underneath mm -hmm. the And that connects really to Helena's scene, um, which is about feeling like metaphysicalizes the same idea, which is that she she literally has begun to suspect that another she is a soul that's floated through mm -hmm. different bodies mm -hmm. um so uh, yeah i don't know i i guess the yeah the some of these connections i don't even fully it takes me time to kind of to realize they're there but mm -hmm. these little threads between matthew i was curious why you called it winter journey uh so i'm gonna bring it up it's based on this song cycle Oh my god, I literally <laughs> I was, oh my god. I've been reading, I just read um Maggie Nelson's Art of Cruelty, and she talks about Franz Schubert and how he was like suffering so much mm. when he was writing the winter journey song cycle. Yeah, I'm trying to wow. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just, I'm jogging my memory here. I mean, it's something I listen to all the time. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, a lot of things I put in my plays are just things I like. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, to me, it's a, it's like the song cycle is like basically about um, and grief and, and like a chastening, mm -hmm. a chastening grief and, um, And the mood, the mood, and the mood of the season. I don't think it's it's really not that compli complicated. Um, I'm just look trying to find lyrics for some of the songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's German Romanticism, right? Yeah, I mean the song, the mm -hmm. the poems that he chose for all of his song cycles choose like extremely simplistic lyrics. Like they're not they're not. The poetry becomes beautiful because of the way the song, but yeah, they're they're all just very simple lyrics about like lost love and and in the winter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the graves and um and then just sort of wandering and and then the big one is like dreaming of spring. That's there's a line in the play that references mm -hmm. that. Kind of coming back to me. Yeah. And there's like winter to me is like so um it's to me it's like a winter is like about pining it's about like pining for I mean if 
like a partner or part pining for like a dream or an expectation or something you want to do. And because um, I mean, that makes sense because of winter is also about like anticipation of the war, like warmth. And um, I think like in life, like you're, it's constant, you're constantly anticipating something to happen. And when those expectations like sort of like are not met, uh, I think that's like when tragedy occurs. Yeah, there's this in the Wallace Stevens Stevens poem, A Snowman. I think it's like mm -hmm. I, mean, I, don't know, I think it's a mind of winter must have a mind of snow. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's right. One must have a mind of winter. Okay, I was I was close. I wasn't exact. Yeah, one must have a mind of winter to regard the frost and bows of the pine trees crusted with snow, and have been a cold a long time to behold the juniper snagged, shagged with ice. The spruce is rough in the distant glitter of the January sun and not to think of any misery in the sound of the wind and the sound of a few lips. So like winter is a whole mm -hmm. spiritual mindset. It's a whole mode of existence that you bring, you like bring it to winter. Yeah. <laughs> bring your winter mind to winter. You can't just. Um, do, do you, yeah, you, you can't like. Play. I should have. Yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, this is the year. This is the season. I don't um, get sad like in the winter, but like as many years as I've as I've lived here, it's like no, it it literally happens every time. <laughs> um, do you guys get like um like seasonal or whatever? I guess like seasonal <laughs> affective disorder, sadness, depression, yeah. seasonal depression. I guess. I feel like last year I did, but this year I'm pretty good. It hasn't been that bad yet it usually mm -hmm. in post christmas post christmas yeah. yes yeah mm -hmm. yeah check in january pa patrick's yeah. definitely gonna hit me up for some alternate medicine exactly <gasps> hell yeah yeah but matt it keeps poisoning me with this shit what is it the, the burn oh what it, i told patrick to put oregano oil on i don't even know what it what was. was it for what <laughs> oh, Wait, I, oregano is very good for you though. yeah deodorant oh yeah it i burned I, my armpit yeah i <laughs> i was gonna say i have a whole cabinet full of supplements to, to keep away the winter blues but oh uh, yeah like um you got to at this point, i'm yeah. yes i mean there's nothing else like some i i will have like i have like my little um accoutrement like uh set over here but it's just like a bunch of bullshit like lotions and potions from the health food store and yeah. I love it. it. It works. As long as it works. Yeah. Like out meds. I got food poisoning during uh, a show. Oh, oh God. That's like, the worst. I, I, yeah, that's so I was trying so hard to like make it work, but I was like, oh, I just need to go throw up. Thank you, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. That sounds horrible. <laughs> what was it? I don't remember what now. I, I mean, I got better. So, hey, yeah, maybe. maybe what are some of your guys' favorite supplements? <laughs> um okay so mm. i use um the bo like box essences so i have pine essence because um it's very like <laughs> this is like a, but it's like okay pine essence is like really centering and like really energizing um so like anything piney um whether it's like an oil or an essence and then um and then i also love like a kind of amber or frankincense um for like aromatherapies more. Um, and then I, yeah, and like anything citrusy, I think I have like at my desk to like keep myself awake. Okay. Um, and then I, 
Yeah, I have like a huge thing of magnesium. I've got like oh, some yeah. like magnesium is amazing. Yeah. Um, I also I also really like ashwagandha. Oh yeah, I've been taking that, that helps. Too. Yeah, that Patrick helps with like that. mental clarity. I promised him a ashwagandha for closing night of child death song, but I forgot. And to. he's oh. probably it for like months. He has yet to <laughs> deliver an ashwagandha bottle. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, ashwagandha bottle, like. No, Maddie, Where? it's great. You will you Wait, love what? it. No, I no, I want I want to. Like this is like the only ashwagandha like I get, I mean I get is like from the Walgreens down the street. Okay. No, you have yeah. to get like a good kind of organic. Oh, I need the real deal. Yeah. Definitely. I get mine from Whole Foods. So Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Try to get things from Whole Foods is redacted. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> we should probably wrap up relatively soon any we have me and Cass back here they did they ran through their scene any last should we maybe do any last uh well yes Matthew I wanted to ask you about so this is like the second play about like losing a child and I don't want to give too much away but <laughs> what is it about I mean I'm just interested in like what the you know psychologically like what interests you about that kind of archetype um in in story and and why it's you know kind of the, the to, empty nest um connected yeah, to a lot of, the winter yeah. and yeah i mean maybe i i almost died when i was born like i didn't i wasn't born mm. healthy so i think maybe on a very subconscious level there's a sense of i was a really sick young kid and then i got i kind of that phase of my life ended but I mean, I, I didn't remain sickly, but I think maybe just even growing up being told you you were like a luck, you know, lucky to make it through. Mm -hmm. I spent mm -hmm. the first 10 days in the hospital and, or that, you know, and so that, that maybe just, yeah, stuck in my brain mm -hmm. on some level. I don't think I really know. There was a girl in my high school class who died in a car accident in her senior year. And I, I the, that was a very unforgettable, obviously not in a good way funeral kind of mm -hmm. the whole town come out she wasn't someone I knew that well but I'd gone to school with her since we were mm -hmm. 11 and just someone like on a joyride with the wrong and she was like driving around with a coke dealer or something like the wrong mm. wow well, well I think the wall or something um, I think the I think the way that you um portray the father in this play is very beautiful and I don't know I I'm very sentimental this time of year. <laughs> so um, I'm just, I'm, yeah, I found it very beautiful. And um, yeah. The other, well, and the other, the other answer is just for this, for a lot of my plays, I'm, I'm self-consciously borrowing a Shakespearean pattern. So mm, Shakespeare yes. also has a lot of dead or resurrected children. Yeah, that's true. Uh, in this play, it's the sun is gone, gone. And I mean, in, in winter journey, winter, winter's tale, the winter's tale. Mm -hmm. Shakespeare, the Maximilian, this the like prince of or Leontes' son, uh, never comes back. His wife comes back, but and his daughter comes back. But well, and that's actually sorry, I take that back. Shakespeare, and that's because Shakespeare's son actually died. Um mm -hmm. so that and then his I think he he clung to his daughters. Um and I also, I think my theory is that, it, and is that because Shakespeare had to go back to um, Stratford, he didn't, he wasn't able to go 
back that often. And it's pretty clear that all of his later plays have like father-daughter relationships and a lot of reunited. Mm -hmm. So the plays that he was writing when he was writing less and spending less time in London, it's pretty clear that theme of daughters comes back and yeah. like mm -hmm. a lot of guilt over maybe having, like Prospero is the most obvious version of that, but uh, it's all over the, it, like literally all of the late romances have the same exact pattern, which is, Mm -hmm. there's a daughter who's either lost and then found or a daughter who you regret like maybe not treating the right way so I think in this in in this mm -hmm. play my play Winter Journey it, it picks up on that um element in Shakespeare of the the lost and, and regained daughters like a kind of sacred mm -hmm. thing but then if you kind of get deeper into arch archetypal psychology like the sacrificial daughters runs really deep through Mm -hmm. and the or the virgin who sacrificed and and becomes part of nature the right mm -hmm. of spring up yeah yeah so yeah. you I can think, like see you can definitely like read like definitely like tell like the the longing um and like the absence that's in that's in those uh romances yeah so i mean i guess my method is pretty straightforward modernist like mm -hmm. I, yeah i like to find a, a thing that feels contemporary and then really lather it up with um something from the deep past and then mm -hmm. even the, yeah and then even the more recent past i think yeah i like that binocular i think i feel good about a play when it has when it has something both when it's binocular when there's something mm -hmm. you're seeing through one eye that sees up close and then you have depth perception Mm -hmm. um, that's, and that's how I like this play and I like it more in this draft than the old draft but mm -hmm. um, I feel like this draft has gotten closer to saying some really contemporary things about relationships but also has uh, some some historical depth not historical in the some uh, yeah there's like a other elements of psychology that go beyond like our own mm -hmm. you know folk, current folk psychology mm -hmm. um, right um one I really quick Matthew I just <laughs> want to ask yeah, no. um when you look back on 2022 what is how, what do you think what are you what are you taking with you what what is coming with you what is what do you think of the year what surprised you well I'm I think like doing this interview with my actor friends and like you know that none of this existed quite in the same way. I mean, we were getting ready to do Dime Square this time last year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, locked, I locked the script around Christmas time. Yeah, Patrick was stage manager and Helena yeah. was in the show, cast was in the show. I hadn't met Mia yet, for instance, like the loft that we're in now, we didn't have um, to rehearse in. So, so much happened is like, even you meeting you guys and apartments sometimes. Yeah, yeah, so, which doesn't exist, yeah. I know, so I'm like, I'm currently, I'm going to lose my apartment at the end. My landlord's selling her my apartment. So I'm, mm -hmm. for me, it's a year, a lot is going to change. And uh, so on some, on one hand, I'm, I'm for various personal reasons, like I can sense that my own life is about to, 2023 is going to look really different. Mm -hmm. But it's also, I mean, I, I think there's just a lot of gratitude and, and yes. I feel kind of lucky nice. to have survived my twenties and have made it into my thirties with like a functioning theater life and that. Yeah easy and i think i i have gotten 
I've worked hard, but I've also gotten lucky and some things have fallen my way. And mm -hmm. I mean, I think other parts of my life are hard, but it, it's always easy to come into a room with really good people who are working hard to bring something to life with you. So mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Um, I will say, yeah. And I also think that all the 2022 stuff is gone. I think the next year culturally is going to look totally different. I, I really oh, yes. feel the same. Like, yes. I don't know what it is. Like, I don't have any like super like pinpointed like predictions or anything, but I just, I felt like a lot of stuff like fell off culturally to make room for things, something that I don't know that's going to come to surface, but Hopefully it's theater, baby. <laughs> I know. I was gonna say I hope devised theater makes a comeback yeah. in 2023. Yeah. Well, that's that's There's what I said. Oh yeah, go go for it. No, no. We were just Patrick and and Helena and I were talking too, just about uh, like my my two interns. Or one is directing, mm -hmm. written by the other intern. I mean, I call them interns. They're people I've helped out, but I think his play. Mm -hmm. I think they're both good, and and mm -hmm. I think this play. Eric wrote is good. And I think Mari, Mari's also the dramaturg for this play, but I don't know. It was like these two younger, I'm not old enough to think of people as younger. <laughs> and <laughs> to see, and Cassie, obviously her, you know, she didn't know she was even a playwright, let alone an actor last year. Mm -hmm. So like just seeing green shoots and seeing people, Patrick's applying to graduate school and, and I, all of us are, you know, I can look around all the people I'm working with and say a lot of, a couple of years ago, it was like people just quit acting because there was just not enough theater to do or they yeah. weren't writing new plays because there weren't spaces and it, there wasn't the energy to do that. And now it feels like um, no one feels like knock on wood, but there doesn't feel to seem to be despair about being in the business. Well, not the business, but in the, the art. Yeah. Business. Yeah. I think you might actually be right about, it. I think theaters. I, I said like the other day, um, or I may like randomly maybe said this on Twitter, but like, it's like when people always say like, oh, physical media is back, like vinyls or like CDs or whatever. And I'm, I was like saying the other day, I was like, physical media is back, uh, but in, in parentheses, like theater, like, yeah. like that, like just physical <laughs> media. Um, yeah, definitely. Let me say, I don't know if this is true, but that there are studies of like symphonies or ballets on the first note and people's heartbeats sync up in the first the first note of an act of music yeah what mm -hmm. um when josh went to um see into the woods actually with with roman uh roman was telling us that like the minute the play or the show like opens the whole audience like leaned yeah, forward leaned like <laughs> like immediately like it, like weirdly all together everybody just leaned forward in their seat it was like crazy the way he described it was it. magical yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, who doesn't love live theater? It's the, yeah. yes, it's truly the greatest art form that yeah. we have. <laughs> so on that note, I think it's time to say goodnight, but this is fun. Yes, yes. absolutely. Merry Christmas, um, everyone. And then, yes, <laughs> plug uh, plug uh, uh, December 12th through the 21st. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, you can say various locations around Manhattan. Yes, various locations around Manhattan, December 12th through the 21st. My event, um, event bright page everything will be there yes perfect yes thank Click you the all link. so much thank you all so much thank Bye. you so much have a great uh rest merry of your christmas. night see you soon yes merry christmas merry christmas and scene and scene <laughs>